My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today we are talking about reclaiming your voice. We're also going to talk about embodiment, healing, um, being aware of burnout and our overall wellness. Um, I'm talking to Jess Crutchfield. She is a health, wellness, and burnout coach. She's also a bodywork educator, and she does all kinds of really cool things in addition to being a dancer, I hear. So we may talk about that, um, but I think her story is important and what she does is so important because you know, especially when we're, you know, as we grow and learn about our bodies, learn about how our emotions and our and our choices are connected to our body. Sometimes we get, you know, something like medications that set us back or something uh, like emotional challenges or traumas that set us back. And it's when we start to realize what, how everything is connected, that's when we can really heal and find overall wellness. And Jess is all about that. So I'm excited to hear her story, why she's gotten into this work and why she loves helping people. And um, we're going to get going here. So how are you doing, Jess? Oh my goodness, Molly, what a beautiful introduction. And I'm doing really great today. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. We're happy to have you here. So why don't we begin by learning more about you? What do you do as a health, wellness and burnout coach? Mm. I love what I do. I, I love that in serving people as a coach, I get to partner with them on helping them do the things I say that they want to do and help uncover the things about how they're already living that maybe aren't actually in alignment with how they want to be living. And that can be a little confronting for some people to be like, oh, wow, okay, this is the pattern I have. And this is how I'm showing up in the world, but it's not in alignment with the vision that I have for my life or what my values really are, et cetera. So partnering with them to help them live that life that they desire. And that's the nature of being a coach. It's not telling them the right lifestyle to take, but naturally as a health and wellness oriented human, a yoga practitioner, a bodywork practitioner, the body piece and the heart both in coherence with what we think in our egoic mind is so key to really having a healthy life. I think that it will really change the world if more people truly were aligned with having a healthy life for themselves. Yeah, so that's kind of the mission. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is, it's a, we are a complex of mind, body, and spirit. And if we forget one, I mean, I think we've all known people that eat the cleanest food and they're, you know, super raw vegan and super clean, 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 and lots of health challenges because maybe they've got some unhealed trauma or some unhealed unforgiveness going on or some resentments. And until they do the spiritual work, all the, all of that healthy stuff is not going to really help as much as it could. You put it mm -hmm. all together, then you get a powerhouse and you get this overall wellness and right. movement. I think for you is a, is a big deal. Can you share about how you incorporate movement in the body, joyful movement. And, you know, you mentioned you're really also very much an embodiment coach, even though health and wellness is the goal. So I'd love to hear about your feelings on that and your experience with that. 
Sure. Yeah. The way you frame all that just makes me feel giddy thinking about like all the proper nutrients needed to grow the thing you're trying to grow, like the healthy plant that needs certain qualities and nutrients and certain ratios and none can be out of balance for it to really work. So yeah, embodiment to me is a huge piece where this human, like this, this thing that we walk in, <laughs> it's pretty miraculous. I like to call it a meat suit <laughs> because <laughs> it <is. laughs> it's like our spirits embodying this particular version, this lifetime. And it is the temple that we can take care of. And if we don't, then that's when we experience chronic illness or dis-ease in mind or body. And taking care of it involves moving it. Before any sport or activity that you like to quote unquote do with your body, you're first a mover. And these are the premises behind, oh, like some of my favorite teachers, Ido Portal with the movement school in Boulder, Colorado called ApeCo. We're moving like humans are meant to, like these eight bodies. We're hanging, we're squatting, we're rolling on the floor, we're handstanding, we're, we're moving our bodies in really unique and challenging ways. And it's so helpful to feel and inhabit every part of you. And you find along the way, if you do pick up any movement practices, like we're meant to move, that your body's holding tension and all kinds of crap in all sorts of places, like the groin, oh, a place that so many people in the iliopsoas hold tension. It's the deepest part of our body. So typically our deepest traumas are held there too. And you start moving the hips and you just start recognizing you're holding on to crap because you feel tension. And it's the tension that represents the inflammation and the inflammation can lead to chronic disease. Every chronic disease starts with inflammation. Mm -hmm. So you move and it helps things stay fluid and hydrated. You drink water, you move, you, you naturally eat healthier when you move. Yeah. If you're sedentary all the time, you don't have the motivation. Once you start doing movement practices, you realize, oh, I can't eat that McDonald's meal anymore before going to a yoga class because it yep. does not feel good. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I remember the big aha moment in my life when I started realizing that I was missing movement and I was very much living in my head, a junk food junkie, just doing all the things and realizing how unhappy I was and, and depressed was so much connected to the unhealed trauma, of course, but I was numbing all of that out instead numbing of numbing the body and not feeling it and moving yes, it, Ugh. getting it out. And, and yeah. when I started moving, even just walking for me, I mean, that was a big deal yes. back then. I walked yeah. miles every day and it was like, I feel better when I move, but I've never really thought of it that way. I thought, you know, well, I'm just not really into physical stuff. <laughs> and now older, you know, in my elder, well, not elder yet, but getting there, um, you know, I'm, I play and move more than I did as a teenager, honestly, and I feel better than ever. And I think that is a, a really big key. And as we age, that's it becomes even more important to keep our joints Absolutely. strong and flexible. So I love that. You'd asked me a bit about my background and I spent all of my upbringing as an academic and as a musician. So mm. talk about sitting with my nose to the books or yeah. my nose to the music stand playing my instruments. I did not move my body growing up and I had no sense of what I really felt or how to attune to it. I also grew up in an environment where I helped caretake others with a mother that ran a daycare in my house from the time I was five. Mm -hmm. So at five years old as the eldest in the daycare with the other kids, helping take care of kids and meet their needs, set up a really interesting cycle of not knowing what my needs were. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really move and I didn't see it really as a problem. In high school, I was a marching band geek. Totally. I was Love the it. drum major of the marching band my senior year in high school. And our band was competitive and we won stuff and it was great. And that was a lot of movement, but it was rigid and robotic. 
And it created so many negative pain patterns in my body mm-hmm. and the way I held my neck and the forward lean that happens to like kind of have a presence towards the stadium stands and really project the sound you're making. Oh man, like I could, I could talk about this for a long time of just how much I didn't have contact with what I felt. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until around age 20, picking up, going to yoga classes, they were hot yoga, they were sweaty. It was very Western. And that was my little tiptoe into the spiritual path I've been on for the last 10 years. I'm now 30. And the way I feel now compared to age six through 24 is just night and day of how good my body feels just because I'm moving it in strange and cool ways beyond (laughs) yoga, which is like postural to the movement practices I do and the dance practices I do. Yeah, I love that. And you read my mind. I was going to ask you about your your yoga journey and you went right into it. So I love that. And, you know, yoga is a great way to to open up the body to that slow movement if, if one is uncomfortable with that. And that was part of my awakening as well. Can you share how that also opened up your awareness of that mind body spirit connection, like to where you knew that mindset was also a part of all of this? Mm. Yeah, the phrase that comes to mind is one that's cliche these days, the thoughts create your reality Mm. notion. Like, when did I first become aware of that? It was certainly doing yoga. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Definitely. The the line has been now quite long, uh, coming up on 11 years or so. And it was really not until I'd lived abroad post undergrad degree. I lived in Australia. And I found yoga there in a way that I couldn't find in Maryland when I was living on the East Coast in the U.S. for college, that I felt more connected to the teachers and to the practices. And I didn't yet have the self-awareness to be able to name or identify. And even in retrospect, I don't think it happened then, but it was afterwards, still by maybe two more years, when I came back to the U.S. about a year later and didn't like the yoga classes that I had once taken. They felt like they were making me hyperventilate. And I suddenly was like, wow, okay. So the, the pacing of the breath was too fast there. And I was forcing a lot. Wow. Okay. What's this mean? And I just sat and chilled with it. And I didn't really take yoga until one day I was at a sun salutations, 108 celebration for like post Thanksgiving. This was in 2016. And a guy that I didn't know was sitting with me and chatting with me. And those, you know, the kind of person that can see you and you don't understand how they can see you so well. <laughs> I do that now for people, but he was who first did it for me Hmm. and helped me see that there was something misaligned with how I was teaching in public schools as an instrumental music educator and like wanting more. And he invited me to go to a retreat that he was co-facilitating. And it was there that I went in a deep dive in yoga and Thai massage, the bodywork practice that I do. So it led to the rest of this journey, like a big domino knocking over the rest and Along the way, finding my Kundalini yoga teacher and my Hatha yoga teacher as well, both at the same time. I studied with both of them very deep for the next four years. And somewhere along that way, (laughs) I was sitting on the mat and recognizing that so much of the internal avoidance of what I felt, um, I'm thinking about how to like translate this, (laughs) how it manifested in the outer world. I mean, I wasn't abundant at that time definitely had scarcity mindset throughout upbringing and throughout being a music educator. And it dawned on me when I learned Thai massage for the first time that I wanted to shift my career. It's just completely unheard of. Like family still to this day doesn't quite get it. 
mm-hmm. that I went from something stable and you know creating you the, the retirement fund <laughs> and I took the leap exactly I took a big leap at that time and I still in retrospect think that that was like the BC of the AD that Jess is now so mm-hmm. it was in that time that it's wow Molly how do I pinpoint what exactly was it that helped me create that mind-body connection the most but it's been through the journey of doing yoga feeling things inside of me doing mantra chanting feeling how things are moving inside of me doing breath practices going like wow this is what this is creating and just yes. a lot of neural connections got made in ways yes. that I'd never felt before and, you know, I love that because um, it is sensing the movement everywhere. And when we get in that stillness, you can start to, you know, whether it's fast or whether it's slow, whether, you know, a posture changes it or even a, a mudra or a chant, yeah. you know, we can feel that energy shifting and changing. And it's just so fascinating. I think once you have that experience, I get if you know, you know, but uh, for the listeners out there that are even curious, you know, go take that class, go to that that mantra chanting, um, you know, kirtan and, and do do the thing, give it a try and see if and it open. works for you. Be open. Yeah. yeah, you can even do it, you know, listen to the radio listen to pandora and find find a somebody who does that and experience it for yourself or even just an ohm you know to mm-hmm. feel that beautiful energy go through your energy system so you mentioned too that in your um you know you found your spirituality through the yoga practice but there was also some things you had to address in terms of getting off some medications mm-hmm. and things to to really feel yourself again. Because I think that's something that people struggle with a lot. They don't realize that maybe some external things they're taking are keeping them from that connection. Can you share about mm-hmm. your experience with that? I so appreciate you directing it to this aspect of it as well. Because yes, there's, there's so many facets to creating the mind-body connection. And yoga was one of them. Because as I alluded to before with movement practices, when you start them, your diet changes a lot. My diet changed a lot when I started doing yoga. I did the whole yogi vegan thing for a while. And now as a functional health practitioner, I would tell you maybe otherwise for a lot of reasons about the nutrient deficiencies you may go through if you are truly eating that way. But aside the point, in getting a cleaner diet and starting to pay attention to the chemicals that are all around us, that's another huge factor that I hadn't yet mentioned to you or written to you about is the nature of things like Clorox (laughs) and the detergents with the ingredient labels that are 40 deep. And, you know, the list goes on that all the chemicals in the foods that we eat. So I started to open my eyes to that in 2017 and along the way, realizing "Mm, I've been taking hormonal birth control since I was literally 14 years old. So here I am fast forward to 26 years old and contemplating the way in which I've cleaned up diet and all products around me outside of me, but I was still taking that because it was my only perception of how to maintain not getting pregnant and was confronted with that. Okay, well, coming off of this is a really big deal. (laughs) And how do I manage myself? It had ended up being 12 total years that I was on hormonal birth control pill, pill form. And I was consistent and I'd never experienced a pregnancy and, you know, that's all a blessing, but coming off of it was really interesting to see how the hormonal changes had been so suppressed. It took a couple months for my period to come back on after stopping the pill and just was irregular and had different shapes and sizes. The experience of the month to month was different. My whole hormone system was really wrecked from having been on something else, fabricating it and creating a fake ovulation and a fake bleed 
-hmm. Now I know, and having studied lots of period repair and looking at hormonal health and functional health, um, that that is, it really is faking it. It's changed. It's taking everything that internally already knows intuitively is so intelligent. Yeah. Synthesizes it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It creates it into some chemical scientific process. It's different. Mm -hmm. And your pheromones change. Thank goodness I wasn't married when I got off of the birth controlled pill because some people literally their pheromones change so much. Andrew Huberman has done podcasts on this with his Huberman lab stuff. Um, that when your pheromones change off hormonal birth control pill, there's a higher divorce rate. <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> I did not, not know good. that. <laughs> yeah. Because your sense of like who is attractive to you changes yeah. when your internal chemistry is different and vice versa. Mm -hmm. How well you're attracted to or attracted by your partner uh, will also change when you stop. So thankfully that didn't have an effect for me more. So it was just coming to an alignment with how my womb actually functions naturally and Feeling emotions, so much more the line. emotional cycle yeah, as the well. Emotional cycle yes. as well. Like the, the peak in the valley. Oh man, it was, but it became a huge experiment. I didn't realize that that's what I was taking on when I chose to get off of it. I still didn't know. I was still pretty ignorant to the effect of it until I got off of it and was like, whoa, that was the effect. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm blessed to not have things like PCOS or PMDD. And thankfully, when I got on it, as a teenager, it was because my periods were quote unquote, in my opinion, irregular and heavy. And they weren't that bad. I don't think actually, but coming off of it, thankfully they weren't something worse or different. They were yeah. fairly manageable. And my diet was so much better than it was standard American diet growing up did not help with processed sugar, processed food, chemicals, et cetera, for the pain I experienced as a teenager. Yeah. Birth control pill stopped it coming off of it. Thankfully it didn't come back because my diet was good. Acne still came back though. Mm, and so it's just so interesting to go through then that process of wow okay hormones are really out of balance i'm detoxing from the face uh-huh that's that's <laughs> what it is absolutely oh man but but that really the tie-in to what we've been talking about is that to me was a huge turning point for feeling what i really feel noticing what my body really notices and being able to start to address it and live my life in alignment with it that's right. been you know, maybe your next question would be, okay, now how do I address it now? Well, I don't work <laughs> at certain times, but I don't work in the nine to five rat race that so many people are in. And mm -hmm. it's a blessing to modify my schedule when I want to and can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned that, you know, some of your biggest successes is being able to prior prioritize your self-care. Um, and have the courage to take these big leaps and also just breaking free from the expectations of society, you know, to have that nine to five and, and, and do the thing. So that means, you know, what we love to talk about on the show is following your calling. So yeah. can you share what, what that's felt like for you to, to feel the yes in your body, following this calling, helping others and serving your, mm. your purpose in the world? Um, and just, I love to hear people's stories about that because I feel it's very inspiring for those who want to do that. Mm, to help others in this way. Yeah. Just or to, to take follow the their leaf. calling. Yeah. To take the big calling. leap, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> there's lots of ways to do that. You know, I've been a pretty black and white kind of human from my upbringing with the way that my family was of either it's a yes or it's a no. <laughs> there was very little in between. And so thankfully I had some degree of intuitive knowing of like, okay, when it's a yes, I'm really going to follow that. Yes. And all the yeses I followed served me and my yeses were in 
what I had considered and what I perceived society considered to be a noble path was to be a teacher. And I knew that from seventh grade, for sure, I was going to be a teacher. So I did that, you know, and, and then when it changed, interestingly, it, it actually wasn't that hard to make the shift. It was, it was a unique position as a school teacher. I was elementary level band and orchestra teacher and elementary school programs are only two or so grades of the full K through five. And so most programs are small and I was in multiple school positions. I was in three schools teaching. And when I realized I wanted to really start implementing the wellness, take a yoga teacher training and do bodywork sessions, I just went to part-time. I let go of one of the school positions and stuck with one of the others. So I had a part-time year and transition time where I was still part-time two days of the five-day week doing school teaching. And then the other days, these other studies, I didn't have any question in my mind. Thankfully, I had no doubt really that I wanted to do these things. And no, I didn't know what the future looked like or how or why it would work. But I had this zest and like insatiable spirit to, to go to the next step of making a bigger impact. As a school teacher, I felt really glass ceilinged by how the structure works. And I thought I'd never really make an impact with these kids as I wanted to, at least in the Title I schools of Baltimore County, where government funding goes in for the low-income homes. And the nature of that had a lot more of an uphill battle. And yeah, it was all about wanting to make an impact and seeing like, oh, body work is changing people's lives. Getting in people's bodies and being in a yoga class is changing people's lives. We will have a better planet with, with this sort of healing work. And for a long time, it was with kids. And it may still go back to being focused on the kids. Um, I've been a kids yoga teacher and a lot of other things. And when I become a mom, I'm sure it'll change too. But the courage to take that next step to me came really easily because I knew that I wanted to have life a little different than what it was quote unquote supposed to be. I started questioning like, what is it really supposed to be? Is it supposed to be work yourself to burn out all the time? Mm. Is it supposed to be Monday to Friday and the weekend you like can't even catch up because you have chores to do and schoolwork to grade for me. I worked every day. That was exhausting. Mm-hmm. And hormone cycle misaligned completely. Mm-hmm. For me, teaching in the public school was putting on a mask and pretending that everything was just this act of being the peppy band teacher, regardless of what was really going on inside me. And that I was aware of at the time. Like, yeah. wow, I'm putting on a mask every day to survive. Yeah. And that's not authentic. I think that's a great point that can... That can be something that in the end, you know, ignoring our intuition or our spirit's desire to really be present, um, that can lead to those emotional issues, mental issues, and then physical. And so you being, you know, that was probably your wake up call to say, you've got to serve your calling out here. And I think that was, I know that was true for me and true for a lot of people that I mm-hmm. know that have, have done the same. So anybody serve out my there- calling without burnout is yes. the key. Well, like, exactly. I will be following my dream but sustainably. Yes. Well, that leads me to my next question. Now that you're doing it, um, how do you experience challenges recently in your, your desire to follow this calling and and make a bigger impact in the world in a bigger way? Yeah. I mean, it's all always a balance. I have such a thriving, ferocious need to spend time with amazing community members. So various social events, outdoor things, 
work things and relationship life things Mm. and the desire to set myself up for success to be a mom one day. And it's like, wow, okay. Like I'm investing time in relationship and I still need to focus on the business and get the word out there. I'm doing podcasts here with you and, and doing everything I can to still to share it. But yes, the hardest thing is, is finding the balance of all of those beautiful pieces of life that bring me joy. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And and it's odd when we become our own bosses <laughs> because uh, I don't know about you. Well, with me, I, I worked in office jobs. So it was nine to five. Uh, you know, you have your list of tasks and you work, work, work. And uh, sometimes we can get into that, that stressful, we need to be at the desk all the time, working, working, working to mm-hmm. earn the paycheck, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And I feel especially as as wellness or spiritual practitioners, we are spirits got to be our boss, you know, the the energy flow, the spirit of life, at least spirit of, of wellness yeah. and balance. And if we're not doing that for ourselves, then it's hard. We feel out of integrity helping other people, right? I mean, this is a beautiful point you're bringing up because the integrity piece is what's so key for me. I walk the talk. I do the practices every day. Like so many practices, I pay attention to myself and I journal and I read and I spend time outside and I work out and I go to dances. And all of this is so key. The balanced life is so key. Having a deep relationship and nourishing that. I need that too. I can't just work myself to death. The U.S. culture of uh, living to work. Mm-hmm. I wish it was working to live just because we enjoyed it, like following the purpose mm-hmm. and then all the other pieces in balance. Absolutely. Yep. And, and so I pulled a few cards for you, if you don't mind me sharing, sharing what I'm seeing here, just to give you some insight and inspiration to that end. Um, I definitely see that there, there is, it's that, but it's also your amazing amount of energy. You have so much energy and so much personal power that it's almost like the limits of time and space can be a challenge for you sometimes. <laughs> like you wish you could bi-locate or maybe triple locate and be like all yeah. the different places at once. <laughs> you know, Hermione with the time turner in yes. the Harry Potter series. Totally that. Totally that. Yes, I see that. And that kind of creates that kind of internal tension. Um, and you're coming out of a time of a lot of change and also doing a lot of inner work that's leading to this more, um, and this has to do with your work, I feel, a much more mature voice um, stepping out to be the mm. voice of not only discipline, but spirituality as 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 a pathway to good health. And I know oh. that's out there, but it's like specific to you and however you're going to show up. Like people are going to be like, she's kind of a spiritual teacher, but it's all about like how you eat and how you move. And it's almost creating your own system of that. So I don't know what's in the works for you or if you already have that, but you know, really have faith in your ability to bring that to fruition. Cause that's going to be like a doorway to some more freedom for you, if that makes sense. Mm, amazing. <laughs> uh, oh, I just like, I, I adore this because that is what's in the works. And what hasn't yet been published are the programs that I am making online as we speak for exactly how to eat. (laughs) No, because they're not published. (laughs) Um, But integrated, like how you eat and how you move and how you sleep and how your relationships are with people. Mm -hmm. Like the spiritual path is, is a lot more integrated than I think some really select areas focus on. 
Absolutely it is. And, and what you're calling forth is, uh, in my memory, is this realization, being a very spiritually interested person and, and, you know, very connected to God in my own way, and then coming back to that as a, as a young 20-something, I realized that all of that is wonderful and it makes you feel good in the moment and that moment of inspiration. But day to day, the chop wood, carry water stuff, if you don't feel good in your body, it's not a, it's not going to be enough and you're always going to feel like something's missing so you're mm -hmm. definitely going from that angle i think that's beautiful and if anything the current environment is finding balance with that and something about ancestral patterns or generational patterns could also be society patterns of like you got to make it work so logical mm -hmm. thoughts about how things are supposed to go and um, how you're supposed to make it happen and i feel that you're you're working with the balance aspect and and working mm -hmm. with your moon cycles etc cetera, etc cetera. that's going to bring you a lot more success and overall abundance mm -hmm. than doing it the old-fashioned way um, and the more the big obstacle um, when you feel stressed you may worry that you don't have what it takes or you don't know enough um, but when you sink into your heart space the the next best choice does come to to light very quickly for you. So just remember mm -hmm. if you're in your head and you're in your doubts and overthinking, that can cause more stress in all of these areas than if you're just like, what do I feel like is the right path today? You know, you're one that if you fully listen to your body with every single solitary decision in all these areas, you're just fine. The The problem is when you get up in that smart mind of yours, does that make sense? <laughs> it's as though you're in my head, Molly. Like it's beautiful, the magic of Oracle and, and you being so tapped in because that is to a T so true. I'm so stubborn and I'm so strong-willed and it's a great gift. Yes. And totally when I'm stuck, like I was stuck last night on some great big business decisions that are in my plate, I'm like, I don't know. And yeah, when I drop down into my heart, it's mm -hmm. so much easier. It's very simple. It's very yeah. simple. Like this is what we're going to do now. And then you can use that intellect when you're building something new or working on a project. But as far as the big boink, 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 you know, decision point, I'm like turning <laughs> for the sound effects, uh, people out there wondering what I'm doing, uh, like turning the corner or, or going, being at a crossroads and how am I going to play this game here? It's all yeah. about like, this is what feels right. Let's do that. I want to play in that space. Yeah. And um, if anything, you worry about going on detours that aren't going to help you. Um, and you do have a lot of kind of hidden desires about what you'd like to have happen here. But I do feel if you trust that with boundaries and, and don't overstep anything or don't overgive um, mm -hmm. more than you're receiving, that's going to keep you safe from getting too far off track. So give yourself some grace that you're learning. And you may yeah. have to go on a couple of little detours, but you're never going to be irredeemable. Um, and as far as finding your truth in all of these spaces, um, I feel that it's it's a journey and let it change. Don't be afraid to put one thing out there. And then I think we talked about that earlier. We're talking about, yeah, what to call ourselves or whatever. It's, it's you know, everybody who's a coach struggles with that. Like, what's the niche and what do I call myself? I just help people. I just know how I help people. With you, it's, it's going to evolve naturally and don't be afraid to say the wrong thing because people will feel your energy and, and mm -hmm. feel what you do. So the result is always going to be the same no matter what. And <laughs> af after all is said and done, quieting your mind about all this is the best way to just feel complete and balanced and start to notice too with gratitude how many things have come to fruition. And the mm -hmm. more you, you get quiet and do kind of present moment awareness work, 
with gratitude, it, it definitely mm. lessens your stress quite a bit. <sighs> what a gift. <laughs> yeah, the piece about not being afraid to say the wrong thing. Yeah, what's beautiful is I'm not afraid anymore. Good. And that was what plagued me when I was younger. Being the musician, the perfectionist, the high achiever, really concerned about being judged, even good judgments. And now the way it's been a long journey, sometimes tendrils will still poke back through, but just speaking it out yeah. and the embodiment piece, the thing that I emphasize so much, it's, that's what people do feel like you've just named. So yes, your Yay. energy precedes you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I just can't wait to see what you're bringing into the world. I know you're going to help a lot of people. You already do. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. So how can people find out more about you if they're interested? so simple my name jesscrutchfield.com is my website i've got tabs for body work for teaching for coaching my niche one of them is with coaching with men that's a whole different story and another niche is coaching with women but the web pages are forthcoming i'm managing all the things all by myself mm -hmm. so i'm still calling in a virtual assistant but um <laughs> that website would point you in any of the directions it would link you to my instagram would link you to my Facebook, all the things. Awesome. Well, very good. Well, it's been so wonderful having you on the show today and lovely energy in our conversation. I really appreciate you. So appreciate you too, Molly. Thank you for the work you're doing and putting out there. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. And thanks everyone for listening. We will catch you next time. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, Listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.